Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to this episode of Equipped to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers. Today, we're going to talk about open AI. You've heard it. If you turn the news on and you've listened to any kind of talk radio whatsoever, then you will have heard all this clatter about students cheating, about people, whether that's middle, high school, college kids, even even those in the workplace. And so what is OpenAI? It is a platform. It's a software that's been developed. And basically, it's been data that's been gathered from Google and Yahoo and every social platform out there, which collects information. You type in words, message, you do searches for specific things that you're interested in. And these tech companies uh, have other high-powered performing software that scrapes all that data and, and they compile it all. Many years ago, when I was teaching about Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, all those apps, you know, what is family to do? You know, how do we manage the technology beast with our kids? We weren't really talking about kids using those platforms, those social platforms or search engine platforms. You know, we really weren't talking about kids cheating. They would Google information and, and it was kind of funny. You'd say, hey, if you want to know something, Google it. And it's kind of funny, and I actually uh, would tell my kids, if you need to know something, just go ahead and Google it. One, it is a form of being able to do research and gather information. It's one form, not the form, but there, it is one form. It's slowly become truly so relied on that you'll hear many people say Google is God. And I don't mean that to be offensive, but more people will search Google for a Bible verse that some adult heard as a child, and they can't quite remember the whole name. Like, what's the whole verse? Or I know it's in the Bible. Well, there's a lot of verses in the Bible. So they'll quickly uh, just go over to their good friend, Google, and they'll type in Bible verse with the word stealing, cheating, lying, what whatever it is. And in a matter of moments, Google will give research, give the answer to, you know, what different verses that have that title in it. Pretty interesting. It's helpful. Again, a useful tool. So many things, though, when they start off, they're very useful and helpful, but we have to think past the usefulness into what it could or is doing to our kids or even ourselves with the ability to think critically. So, when I talk about open AI, it has been taking everything by storm. It's not new. It's just widely available now. And there are free online versions. So it is causing kids to be tempted and or to even cheat. So how do we curb cheating in an open AI world? I just want to give you a few tips. Because if your child isn't old enough, because they're not using technology yet, they will. And if your children isn't taking any type of online classes, they might. And they sure will when they go to college. 
So whether the information is readily available with a few keystrokes and some good keywords is not the point. The point is teaching your children and curbing that cheating ability that is right at their fingertips. It's the same with porn. I mean, porn is just right at their fingertips. So many things are within our reach that don't honor the Lord and are wrong. So let's just kind of talk about preventing children from cheating, okay? It's not something that is going to be a simple conversation that you say, hey, you know, we don't cheat. And my family would all, my kids will all tell you, mom always used to say, the Albers aren't cheaters. Albers don't steal. The Albers don't lie. The Albers don't, you know, we'd have a, a list of things that we collectively as a family, what we stood for, what we represented. And it would always come back to why? Because we are the Albers and we honor the Lord. Well, that's great. And you say that once, twice, you know, a million times, (laughs) to be honest with you, because your children are learning. And when something that's so prevalent right now, and I believe it's just going to get worse, we have to really take our children to the why and repeat it often. So it becomes engrafted into their heart. When the temptation does come, when they don't understand, they'll search for another way besides using a method that's an easier method, a workaround, something that's free, something that has, you know, a high high unlikelihood of being caught. So when we talk about preventing children from cheating, here's some things you can do. Establish clear rules and the consequences for cheating. Now, some of your children, if you want to go back and listen to some of my strengths episodes, I'm going to throw those over in the show notes, by the way. But if you want to go back and listen to those, all your children are wired different. You're wired different. Some People, some children would be appalled or aghast at the even idea of stealing an idea, a concept, a word, um, anything from somebody else, even a computer, even though that's not as an inanimate object. They just couldn't because their internal, I cannot lie, I cannot, you know, do that which is wrong. There's just something in them. Their their high level of responsibility internally, they know this is wrong and I have no interest in participating in it. However, there's others and a lot of others who they need clear rules and consequences. They need to understand that cheating is not okay and that there's going to be consequences if they're caught. It happens in the classroom. Teachers have in a classroom, public or private or charter, they have tools available that they can run your child's paper or um, essay or science project. They can run those through different programs and they can kind of catch if it's been plagiarized or, you know, if, if there's a likelihood that it's not their own work. Teachers also know their, their students' voices, writing styles, just the vernacular that they use. But sometimes with the open AI, it's very hard to check. And the reason why is all you have to do is get the information that you need and then change up a few sentences and add your own personality and you've got a completed work, whether it's an essay or it's just a standard paragraph or it's how do you you know, change a tire. The second thing, you've got to model the integrity and honesty. I'm gonna say something and I've seen this happening more and more where kids are actually being taught how to skirt the truth, how to where the loopholes are. And debate is not about finding loopholes that, you know, uh, that's not the purpose of 
teaching our children to think critically so that they can find the loopholes and then use them to their advantage. No, children are being taught. And I know this because one of my kids, when they were in college, were taking certain courses and we would come home and, and share with me. And I mean, they were literally were being taught how to manipulate, how to mirror, how to persuade all sorts of different types of persuasion, dark psychology. And I would listen and just, I would just think, how do you deprogram this? What you learn, you keep there. I mean, it's very hard to unhear, unlearn what you've been taught. And uh, our kids are being taught a lot of this. And so you need to be mindful of that. And why your, your job is so important to model integrity and honesty even if others are pouring into them, your kids are watching you. Even if others are pouring into your children, your kids are watching you. They're listening to you. They see if you fudge a little bit, if you tell a little lie. They store that in their memory bank. And then does it align with what so-and-so has been teaching? Oh, my mom and dad do it. Oh, my grandma and grandpa do it. So we have to be men and women of integrity and honesty because children are going to learn by example and it's important for us to model it. And then we want to teach our children problem solving and critical thinking skills. When your child feels like they're capable, they're less likely to cheat. But in our super busy, uber busy society, when we are chock full with schedule and activities, our kids don't always have the margin they need to study to be competent enough to have the confidence to take a test. That's partly our fault. We overbook. Some children, and I have them, you give them something to read, they can skim it. And I mean, they're quick readers. And not only are they quick readers, they retain it. And then immediately when they go into the test, it's just like in there. It's like, it is a computer memory bank. I mean, they just absorb knowledge. But I have other children where they had to study and study and study and do flashcards. And I had to ask them oral questions and we had to talk about it and experience it before they would ever be able to have the confidence to answer a question with complete accuracy. And I know you have children like that too. So if you have children that are natural learners, they're going to be less likely because they just get it. And that doesn't mean they're smarter than the others. It's just how the brain is wired. If not, you need to really teach them problem-solving skills. You need to free up their time so they have time. You need to change out their environment so that their learning isn't stagnant, always in the same place, always in the same time. Some children need that variety. They get bored, and when they get bored, they tune out. So we need to be aware of that. We do also need to create that positive environment where no matter what, if your child completely goes blank and doesn't do well, that they feel valued and they feel respected because then they are less likely to cheat. They realize that their worth is not based on how they performed on that test or those last five tests. And one of the things as a parent or teacher or grandparent, whoever's listening, because I know we have listeners from around the world, and I do want to say thank you. I didn't say this at the beginning, but thank you for always tuning in to Equip to Be. You have made this show a success. Amazing how we don't just talk about one specific topic because our families are so dynamic. You know, we have 
issues with school and children and marriages and life and budgets and just navigating and relationships. And so we try to switch it up a little bit. The other thing is when you're competing really is what you're doing for open AI and children cheating and even you cheating with it, you want to not rationalize it and not let your kids rationalize it. Oh, I'm not taking anything from anybody else. Oh, it's just a quick help. It's a useful tool. It is a useful tool, quite useful. And I see it really replacing the need for certain sectors of content creation because one person in a matter of minutes can pop out what, you know, a handful of staff writers would take a day or a week to write. So helping your kids, though, is using different assessments because you've got to realize uh, all, one way won't work for all kids. Does that mean more work for you? Yeah, it does. But it's not like for the rest of your life. And as with anything, when you're shaping, molding, and forming those children of yours, you're helping them to form that character, quality of being truthful and honest and diligent and persevering and and accepting areas of weakness that they will inevitably have because they are not a perfect person. Use Oral exams, practical exams, make them project-based. Try to find it where you cheating is not as readily available, meaning if you give them a study guide and they're studying for it on the day of the quiz, change the words up a little bit in case they went and typed in that word, then they wouldn't get those exact responses. Does that make sense? So the reason that children... Cheat is a variety of reasons, and we covered a bunch of those earlier. But how can we like prevent them? We have to communicate. We have to establish. We've got to provide support and guidance. We have to encourage responsibility. And our children have to learn to accept the consequences. Watch your children. So monitor what they're doing. You know, when children are doing something that they in the back of their mind, they know they probably shouldn't do because you have been talking to them about this, their behavior often will uh, get a little quieter. They'll click around on the computer a little bit more. Uh, when you ask them what they're doing because their brain is kind of divided thinking, I don't want to get caught or I'm not supposed to be doing this, they, they may fumble when asked a question. But understand that a lot of times good kids, I mean, really good kids, will cheat um, because they feel academic pressure to perform, whether that's from their peers or from you, their parent. They'll feel that pressure to perform so they can get the high grade, so they can get scholarships, they can get uh, noticed, They it looks good on their transcript or maybe helps them get into college. Sometimes they really just do not understand. Have you ever heard a kid go, I hate math? Do they hate math? Or are they struggling with ratios? Oftentimes, we've got to get to the root of the struggle. And the struggle may simply be it's a difficult subject for a specific child. And they try and they try and they try and the light is just not going on. They don't get it. You can move forward. You can pause. You can help work them through uh, the struggle by breaking it down, breaking complex issues that they may be having with it and break it down into bite-sized pieces and then starting over. Sometimes just waiting 
And reintroducing ratios or equations or times tables, sometimes just a little bit of a delay allows their maturity and their processing to improve. And when that happens, then they're naturally going to do better at it. So sometimes kids, they cheat because they just don't have confidence. They've got a low self-esteem and getting an A on a test would really make them feel good about themselves. Well, that's where we have to come in and remind them their worth is not in that A that they got because they cheated. That actually undermines their competence level, their confidence level, because instead of them knowing I can do it, they realized a workaround, which is a great problem solving tool, as long as it's not really their work. Another reason is they're just afraid to fail. Maybe it's the disappointment or in the embarrassment in your eyes, or maybe there's a sibling and they're desperately trying to keep up with that sibling. And that sibling is a natural learner and they can't keep up at the, to the speed at which that other child is performing. So they may be tempted because they just don't want to fail or look bad or be embarrassed. And I, you know what? We can all understand that. And sometimes they're just not mature enough to say, hey, I'm not supposed to do that. Therefore, I won't do it. So you need to identify the reasons why your children might be cheating, help them understand. Some of them do it for various reasons. It's never just usually one thing, but they need you to come alongside them and help them learn. One, it's not okay. Two, it does not honor the Lord. And three, if they do, if they do cheat, there is a way back. There is a consequence it's paid. Maybe it's having to take the test again, or you creating a different test, or they're just going to get an F on that. You know, they're just going to not get a good grade on that. It's going to hurt their grade overall. But lots of communication, lots of prayer, reminding them that while you and I, because we never can see all that our children do, they can get away with a lot. And it's been interesting for me. There were many areas I probably had a lot more pride than I do now. Not to say that I don't have any now, but there were a lot of years I thought, man, we got this stuff going. I mean, it's, we know we're just rocking and rolling. Things are happening. The kids are doing great. And it wasn't until the kids got older and started paying their own bills and they couldn't get grounded that I would hear about some of the cheating that they would do how they would do it or their little tactics. And, you know, in some ways I'm thinking, wow, that was pretty creative. I would have, I wouldn't have actually thought of that. In their heart, they knew it was wrong. And so they did it anyway. And so after all those years, I would ask them why, you know, why did you do it? Well, then they would explain why they would do it. And so we would have great long conversations about it. So don't think your children won't. Just because you've been telling them or they know what's right, they do know what's right, but that doesn't mean they might not still try. We want to love them unconditionally. We want to help guide them back to living a life that is full of honesty and integrity and one that pleases the Lord. I really hope this episode of Curbing Cheating in a World of Open AI helps you when you're thinking about this and maybe even makes you want to learn more about it so that you can discover ways to help your children avoid that lure of quick and easy cheating because it always catches up to us in the end. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Equipped to Be, and I can't wait to see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, 
please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.